Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar, and 2022 starts the third year of this podcast and corresponding blog. I go through the Bible chapter by chapter, guiding you, even if you've never read the Bible before. Right now, I'm going through the Old Testament prophets, revealing how Bible prophecies that were written 700 years before Christ predict not just what was going to happen back then, but what happened when Jesus came. They even predict the end times and last days that are coming true right now. I pray that as you hear God's word, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to understand what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Hey, new year, new life. Let's dig in. Ezekiel 24, it's judgment day for his chosen people as God sends the ultimate siege. Israel was God's chosen nation. Unfortunately, they wouldn't follow his commandments and laws. Repeatedly, God warned them. Over and over again, God warned them. Yet they still preferred the pagan traditions of the neighboring nations before him. In today's chapter, we find a final parable demonstrating how God will cleanse the scum and corruption from Jerusalem. Sadly, Ezekiel loses his dearest treasure, yet he must stay silent. Let's dig in. Ezekiel 24, the sign of the cooking pot. On January 15th, or 588 BC, during the ninth year of King jo jo Jehoiachin's captivity, this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, write down today's date, because on this very day, the king of Babylon is beginning his attack against Jerusalem. Then give these rebels an illustration with this message from the sovereign Lord. Put a pot on the fire and pour in some water. Fill it with choice pieces of meat, the rump and the shoulder, and all the most tender cuts. Use only the best sheep from the flock and heap fuel on the fire beneath the pot. Bring the pot to a boil and cook the bones along with the meat. Now this is what the Sovereign Lord says. What sorrow awaits Jerusalem, the city of murderers or bloody city? She is a cooking pot whose corruption or scum can't be cleaned out. Take the meat out in random order for no piece is better than another. For the blood of her murders is splashed on the rocks. It isn't even spilled on the ground where dust could cover it. So I will splash her blood on a rock for all to see, an expression of my anger and vengeance against her. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. What sorrow awaits Jerusalem, the city of murderers or bloody city? I myself will pile up the fuel beneath her. Yes, heap on the wood, let the fire roar to make the pot boil. Cook the meat with many spices and afterward burn the bones. Now set the empty pot on the coals and heat it red hot. Burn away the filth and corruption or the scum. But it's hopeless. The scum, the corruption can't be cleaned out. So throw it in the fire. Your impurity is your lewdness and the corruption of your idolatry. I tried to cleanse you, 
but you refused. Now you will remain in your filth until my fury against you has been satisfied. I, the Lord, have spoken. Time has come, and I won't hold back. I will not change my mind, and I will have no pity on you. You will be judged on the basis of all your wicked actions, says the Sovereign Lord. The death of Ezekiel's wife, verse 15. Then this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, with one blow, I will take away your dearest treasure. Yet you must not show any sorrow at her death. Do not weep, there will be no tears. Groan silently, but there will be no wailing at her grave. Do not uncover your head or take off your sandals. Do not perform the usual rituals of mourning or accept any food brought to you by consoling friends. So I proclaimed this to the people the next morning. And in the evening, my wife died. The next morning, I did everything I had been told to do. Then the people asked, what does all this mean? What are you trying to tell us? So I said to them, a message came to me from the Lord, and I was told to give this message to the people of Israel. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I will defile my temple, the source of your security and pride, the place your heart delights in. Your sons and daughters whom you left behind in Judah will be slaughtered by the sword. Then you will do as Ezekiel has done. You will not mourn in public or console yourselves by eating the food brought by friends. Your heads will remain covered and your sandals will not be taken off. You will not mourn or weep, but you will waste away because of your sins. You will groan among yourselves for all the evil you have done. Ezekiel is an example for you. You will do just as he has done. And when that time comes, you will know that I am the sovereign Lord. Then the Lord said to me, son of man, on the day I take away their stronghold, their joy and glory, their heart's desire, their dearest treasure, I will also take away their sons and daughters. And on that day, a survivor from Jerusalem will come to you in Babylon and tell you what has happened. And when he arrives, your voice will suddenly return so you can talk to him and you will be a symbol for these people then they will know that I am the Lord. That is Ezekiel 24. Here's some key points. So obviously this is a turning point in Ezekiel's life. God tells him to put on a cauldron or cooking pot. It's a living parable. He was to stir up the people's hearts. God is showing Ezekiel events that are happening 600 miles away. The siege of Jerusalem started on January 15th um, 588 BC. And the final breach of the wall happened on July 18th, oops, um, 586 BC. The false prophets were wrong. They were saying it would only last two years and it would end in peace. Can't listen to false prophets. Are you listening to false prophets? You're not sure? Click on over to my blog and I have a link there on how to discern between fake stuff and the truth. Ezekiel's wife's death is a symbol for Jerusalem's destruction. Ezekiel is told not to mourn openly for his wife in the same way the people are not to mourn for Jerusalem. 
And God mutes Ezekiel from his last statement to the people until the messenger comes from Jerusalem. As it turned out, it took the messenger five months to get the news to Ezekiel in Babylon. Zeke was mute for 23 months. Here's a little trivia question for you. Who in the New Testament was muted for six months? If you don't know the answer to that one, you can click on over to my blog and click on that link. Well, here's a lesson in Hebrew customs. This will help you understand what the whole cooking pot and the blood and the, on the rock and all this stuff means. And, and uh, I turned to Pastor Sandy Adams, how he explains all this, the significance of the blood from the cauldron. When Cain slew Abel, okay, so we're in Genesis 4, God asked him, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. When innocent blood gets spilled, metaphorically speaking, it cries out to God for justice, for him to take vengeance. Leviticus 17.13 takes it one step further. When you hunt and kill an animal, you're to pour its blood out on the ground and then cover the blood with dust. This silences the metaphorical cry. The idea being that no vengeance is required. It was a legitimate killing. Here the blood is still in the pot. Vengeance has not been taken, but God will set it on top of a rock where all can see that the judgment he is about to bring on Jerusalem is warranted. It's just, it's right, it's fair. That's from Pastor Sandy Adams. If you want to listen to the whole sermon on this chapter, you click on over to my blog and there's a link there. And the link to my blog is in the show notes. Now, if God can so harshly discipline his chosen people, his chosen nation, the Jews, Israel, imagine how more terrible it will be for those who are not his true born-again believers. Imagine the cries of all the innocent blood spilled through abortion in the name of convenience. As we'll see as we get deeper into the end times biblical prophecy, God's judgment will be just, right, fair, warranted, and horrible. Israel and the Jewish people are God's chosen nation. Through Jesus and only through Jesus, we become his chosen people. However, it's way different. Yes, judgment day for the world's sin is coming. Gratefully, he sent his son to take on our sins on the cross, where he defeated death. Obviously, that resurrection three days later. Everyone who believes this is spared from the final judgment. Yay, we don't have to worry about it. Once saved, always saved. Nevertheless, while we are still living in this fallen world, we born-again believers are his ambassadors. Unfortunately, we have to suffer along with some of the judgment of the world that's going on right now. God removes his hand of protection from the world and he allows extreme weather and events to happen. See how he used Babylon, a pagan nation, to bring judgment on Judah and Jerusalem? Don't be fooled. God is still very much in control. He's just letting Satan have his way for now. Every day, God is warning us that we are in the last days. He's warning everyone that unless you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you will either go to hell when you die or be left behind when Jesus comes for his ambassadors. Think about this. Whenever there is a war or conflict in the world, in a nation, 
countries pull their ambassadors from their embassies first. We're seeing that happen right now in Ukraine. So before the great tribulation happens, God will pull his ambassadors out in the rapture. The question is, will you be left behind? So if you're not sure if you're saved or not, if you truly want to be born again and have the assurance of salvation, receive the Holy Spirit and get a one-way nonstop ticket to heaven after you die, or that you won't be left behind at the rapture, which can happen at any moment, this is what you have to do. Believe, have faith that Jesus is the Christ and he died taking your sins away forever and that he rose from the dead three days later. Repent of your sins. That is stop sinning. Do a complete 180 degree turn in your life and surrender your life to him. Be baptized. Show the world and yourself that you have died to your old life and are born again in Christ. And receive the Holy Spirit in your heart. So what are you waiting for? It's time to get right with God. Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift of grace and confident hope of eternal life. If you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do, there's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog and click where it says, how to invite Jesus into your heart. Okay, so we're going to pause a bit with Ezekiel and go through Lamentations, which was written by Jeremiah in five, um, 586 BC, I got number wrong too, um, as a lament on the loss of Judah and Jerusalem. Solideo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. Are you a born-again Christian with Catholic friends or family members? Have you struggled with how to bring up the truth of Jesus' salvation? I had the same problem, so I put together a free ebook, The Catholic Mission Field in Our Backyards. It's a guide to help you start the conversation and plant the seed that will get them thinking, am I missing something? Check it out. It's a free download on my website. You'll find the link in the show notes. Oh, please let me know if it helped you. If you're a born again believer helping a Catholic friend or family member start reading the Bible, it's a great idea to give them one. But which version or translation would be a good one for them? There are too many to choose from. As a former Catholic, it helped me to have a Bible translation in plain everyday English. And I know many evangelical Christians are very much attached to the King James Version. That's fine if that's what you grew up with. Remember, Catholics have grown up with priests and nuns telling them they don't need to read the Bible. All they have to do is trust the church to teach them what they need to know, only they don't and that's the problem. When I first started going back to church, a well-meaning friend told me to get a King James Version. Well, guess what? I got frustrated with the these and thous and stopped reading it, totally defeating the purpose. Eventually, I got the new international version or the NIV, and that was the best for a new Christian to get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. Today, I also study from the New King James Version or NKJV and the New Living Translation, the NLT. I'm now an affiliate of Christian Book Distributors, and I've chosen three study Bibles that will be a great gift for that Catholic or progressive friend whom you'd like to help get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. They are also a great, they're also great for the new Christian believer. Check them out. The link is in the show notes. And by the way, all commissions will be donated to one or more of the Bible translating ministries listed on my site. So give the gift of the word of God and help spread the word while you're at it.
Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of Scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.